0: Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, our special guest is Cam Ward, director of the Alabama Bureau of Pardons and Paroles. Also, we take a look at new prison construction, and Farm Pack endorses Katie Britt for U.S. Senate. Where does that leave Mo Brooks?
1: Green yeah. anchors, we are there.
0: Out to pasture? Mm. All this and much, much more, coming up next on The V. Welcome to The Voice of Alabama Politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt. And today I'm joined by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, and Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter for APR. Welcome. Hey, hey, Josh. Hey, Bill. Hi. A lot to get to today, but I wanted to start off and and note that the Alabama uh, Farmers Association, uh, their farm pack, delivered a blow to uh, Mo Brooks this week they instead of endorsing Mo Brooks for U.S. Senate endorse Katie Britt, Josh, and we know that the Alpha Pack carries a big, big stick. That's a very good coup for Katie Britt.
2: Yeah, it is, and it's it's especially harmful for uh, for Mo Brooks in this case. I mean, just just the simple reality of it is, is that he he relies on a lot of the rural, uh, very very conservative vote when a lot of those folks are are farmers or, or pay attention to the to the uh, alpha endorsements and so that that really hurts uh, for him I would say uh, that that they're they're endorsing a different candidate than, than he is is gonna cause him some problems some further problems I think and it, it helps boost her up a lot
0: I mean Susan uh, uh, the Farm Pact is very conservative they they back conservative candidates mm-hmm. uh, they did not endorse Mo Brooks or, or uh, Lindy Blanchard or uh, Jessica Taylor, mm-hmm. but chose Katie Britt out of the pack.
3: They did. I mean, they, Apple represents about 340,000 farming families in Alabama. That is a big yeah. stroke, a big stroke.
0: That's a big number. And uh, you know, those, those members who voted represent every every county in Alabama. They deliberate hard on these messages. And it was interesting, Josh, that they came out this early with a slate of candidates. I mean, they're very serious about uh, this, how this is going to happen. But if you look at Mo Brooks's track record, he has never supported the farmers in North Alabama. He's never supported the military. Uh, I mean, he just recently voted uh, against the military funding bill. Uh, he was only one of two Alabama uh, congressional members that voted against it i mean how do you vote against farmers and vote against the military and expect to win in alabama
2: yeah especially living in the district that he does or representing yeah. the district that he does is it's really really strange and uh, honestly it kind of goes back to to what we've said all along about mo brooks is is that he's really kind of in it for mo brooks uh, yeah. you know he doesn't he he really hasn't been a, a, a champion for any group of people, necessarily. Um, you know, he kind of goes and makes noise and says ridiculous things and gets himself on TV, and that's his stick. I mean, he's passed yeah. nothing other than that. He's, he's not worked with the other side on any bills. Um, it's just, that's what he does, is, is this th- sort of stick that only helps Mo Brooks.
0: I mean, Susan, are voters so naive, and I don't believe they are, that his blustering rhetoric uh doesn't compare to his actual record he has a record of getting nothing done mm-hmm. but he talks like he's fighting washington dc every step of the way but he really is a washington dc insider you know
3: there's some people that believe that but for the majority i don't think so i think you know with alpha coming out like this that's going to show a, a bunch of strength that they don't believe you know, in his bluster and all that so you know i i think it may be it may be waning
2: just being an unlikable and, and uh, a person that that is no one is willing to work with does not make you an outsider. It just makes you an unlikable <laughs> person that nobody wants to work with. I mean, yeah. that's really true. That's what he. That's what he's kind of set himself up for. It's fine to yeah. be an outsider and have that sort of uh, shtick if you want to do that. But at some point, you've got to work with people to actually get things accomplished.
0: Yeah, and and you know, I mean, he came out this week and said he was putting forward a bill to uh, to stop President Joe Biden's vaccine mandate. It's not going anywhere. No, that bill was a dead letter. But he says these things, and there are people who go, "Yeah, he's fighting," and that's not fighting. That's no, losing. No, meaningless. Yeah, yeah, it's doesn't a, mean anything
2: Yeah, it's the guy. It's literally the guy in the fight that just keeps yelling at everybody while he's backing away. You know, you're not exactly. actually fighting anything. You're just yelling things. You know, at yeah. a point and and accomplishing nothing.
0: Well, you know, hopefully the Alabama voters will not be so uh, so beguiled by rhetoric that they lose focus on people who actually get things done. I think Alpha did a great job in supporting uh, Katie Britt. She's a good candidate. I I also think that Linda Blanchard is a good candidate. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's interesting. They did some other endorsements this week, Josh, not surprisingly, Governor Kay Ivey and Will Ainsworth. They did uh, endorse Dale Strong uh, from North Alabama, who is running for Mo Brooks' seat. What's your take on that?
2: Uh, you know, I think uh, if you look at, at Dale Strong, I mean, it, he's obviously the the next kind of Republican. I, I don't want to say star because I, I think that it, it paints things in a bad light. But I think he's the he's the next guy that's going to come up from uh, from North Alabama as Dale Strong. A lot of people like him, um, and and you know, honestly, he's been uh, a less crazy. Uh, kind of a, a Republican, uh, for my taste, for a long time now he's put on a yeah. he's put on the mask to run for office uh, that they all have to put on. Sure. Uh, but you know, it, it, I think a lot of the the more moderate folks on both sides of the aisle find out that, that they can work with him.
0: I think it's interesting, Susan. And this is, I think, true, is that you have business communities certainly backing. Katie Britt, mm-hmm. the business community is is fond of Dale Strong, to mm-hmm. my understanding, and now you have the Farmer Federation, mm-hmm. the rural section of this country, of the state, backing those two. Right?
3: That that is a large group of people. Yeah, and I think it's going to go well for both of them. Uh,
0: Josh, just to just round this off, they uh, have endorsed Wes Allen for Secretary of State, and Young Boozer for Treasurer. That's not a, any uh, any surprise. And I was pleasantly surprised to see our old friend Rusty Glover was endorsed by Alpha for auditor and uh Rusty's got to be happy about that, Josh uh, yeah'm I'm, I'm sure push him over the yeah. edge in that yeah well, you know your 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 banter with him on this show probably helped him quite a bit <laughs> I would imagine <laughs> yeah right? it's a, yeah
2: if you can oppose me then you know you're you're great you're
0: great with alpha i don't I don't <laughs> think I'm getting any alpha endorsements anytime soon. Probably not. Uh, They did endorse Greg Cook for Alabama Supreme Court, and there's another list of individuals, but those are the alpha endorsements, and they Mm -hmm. do mean a lot in this state. We're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back with more news and opinion.
1: Remember this number. This is what Alabama loses every day because our legislators haven't passed a gaming and lottery bill. And this one. This is what we'll send to other states this year alone. 700 million dollars that could be invested in our economy and children's future. And here's one more. one gaming one This is the number to call your legislator and tell them the time to pass a gaming and lottery bill is now. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What
4: are you in for?
1: Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Your career isn't a job, it's a journey. Your next job could lead to bigger things and you're in charge of how fast and how far you want to go. At alabamaworks.com, you can connect with employers and start working right now, then chart your path forward with training and career planning tools. That next paycheck is great, but it's only the beginning. Start a great success story at alabamaworks.com.
0: Welcome back to The Beat, the voice of Alabama politics. Our special guest today is Cam Ward, director of the
4: Alabama Bureau of Pardons and Paroles. Welcome. Thanks for having me back, my friends. Always great to be back with you guys.
3: Oh, it's
4: good to see you.
0: Always good to see you. We're so proud of the job you're doing over there. uh, I know it's got to be a lot, but uh, you're the right man for the job.
4: Well, thanks, guys. It's great to be back. And, uh, you know, this COVID restriction stuff kind of keeps us all separated in person, so at least Zoom gives us a chance to see each other every once in a while.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you're, you're in our living room today. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a very important time for the prison systems in Alabama. It's also a challenging time and one of the things that has come out of the uh prison plan from governor ivy is the purchase of the perry county facility can you tell our viewers a little bit about that facility and why it's important in the overall scheme of how to fix our correction system
4: yeah the perry county prison was built in 2006 for about 64 million dollars currently it's appraised at 22 million dollars uh, pardon and parole step forward because for years they've tried to to figure out how to make it into another prison. We said, well, what if you don't turn it into a prison? What if we change it into a uh, rehabilitation center? So our intents to purchase that facility for $15 million and use it to help people with substance abuse, mental health and other even possibly job training programs to help people who are already on parole to make sure they don't go back to prison again and, and engage in recidivism where I committed a crime before, and I get back out, and I commit a crime again. Let's keep it from ever going back in. And I think programs like this, a facility like this, can really have a huge impact in reducing recidivism in Alabama.
0: Well, one of the things that it, it, and you've done more than anybody that I know of in the last 10 years, to bring about change uh, at prisons and our judicial reforms. Uh, You've been joined by some very stalwart allies But there's always pushback on it but we know that you 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 can only reduce crowding by how many people you put in and how many people you let out tell me a, a little bit more about how you see the role now of pardons and parole maybe differently or more expansive
4: yeah so in 2019 the statute was changed um, I'm no longer I don't work for the board of pardon and parole they that the group that actually grants pardons and paroles and they don't work for me So I really don't have any say in who gets pardoned or who gets paroled But I do have the responsibility of overseeing the roughly 44,000 people who are on probation or parole in Alabama today And I view my mission is my biggest mission is how, what do I do to make sure those people don't commit a crime hurt someone and go back to prison and I think that's where a role, not only can we play that role, but I think we can expand upon it to provide better services to make sure someone doesn't go back to prison again and hurt somebody.
0: What What are the current plans to reduce recidivism, which is
4: a hard word for me to say. It's a hard <laughs> word. It's a hard word. It's a to get recidivism down. Um, the biggest issue is this. People, when they go to prison, usually there's an underlying issue. A a crime was committed, obviously. Oftentimes, there's a mental illness. Oftentimes, there's substance abuse. My plan is right now, we have five-day reporting centers in Alabama. We have four smaller-day reporting centers, what I call DRC Lights. And now we're looking at Perry County and of course, our Life Tech Center in Thomasville. All of these things have one, one common element, and that is, they provide substance abuse treatment. They provide mental health treatment and job training to get a work, get a job, I will tell you, if you solve someone's underlying issue, mental health, something, uh, the recidivism rate, the odds of them committing a new crime drops dramatically. And it's proven all around the country. So I think if we invest small amounts of money into programs like this, we can do a lot to reduce crime going forward.
0: Well, you, you said it many times, uh, uh, We Alabama knows how to be tough on crimes. Can we learn to be smart on crimes? Do you see this as a way of Alabama being smart on crimes, and how can we even build on this?
1: Yeah,
4: and the criminal justice system is very complex, but I do think pardon and parole, those folks who are already out on parole and probation, we have a big role to play. Yes, I think this helps us get smart because it says if I have a mental illness or an abuse problem, let's address that. Let's get you a job. It helps address that dramatically. I think we're a key piece of that puzzle, and along with construction and a couple other reform bills that Governor Ivey's pushed, I really think we have a big chance to do some changes that we haven't seen in a long time.
3: How how much is pardons and enrolls actually going to be participating in developing these programs that we're going to be using?
4: We have them now, actually. And and Susan, thank you for asking that. We have a lot of these now. We just want to expand them to cover more parts of our population. We have centers in Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, Mobile, Baldwin County. We now are gonna open one up in Marshall County, one in Lee County. So we have them now. We just wanna make that offer to more people who are on parole. The more people that go through these kind of programming and they, we get them a job, make them go to work, it helps tremendously to make sure they yeah. don't come to prison.
0: Well, we know that, you know, without, if you go back into the community and you go back to the same folks, you go back to the same habits, and you have no hope of employment or anything else we can't expect for folks to stay out of prison just when life is tough uh the thing is do you find that you you have the support of republicans and democrats alike and do you have the support of the governor and the plans that you have going forward
4: well, obviously the governor does, or I wouldn't be the job I'm in today. That's
0: true. That's true.
4: <laughs> but but yeah, yes, I think so. And I just literally the la- over the last week spent time with colleagues and uh, former colleagues talking about these issues, both Democrat and Republicans. And I think it's the one bipartisan area where you can find agreement, and that is everybody says yes. I want you to get your mental illness treated. I want you to get substance abuse treated. I want you to go get a job and don't commit a crime again. It's hard to be against that. I know there's a lot of political wrangling, but I think we have a real opportunity and I've received a lot of support uh, to to kind of move forward with this vision. We've got about 30 seconds. Uh, You've been in this
0: job a short time, but you know this area well. How are you feeling about the new job and, and the direction?
4: I'm enjoying it a lot. I have a great staff. Uh, We're located in 62 offices around the state. We have a lot of improvements to make, but it's been a great job, and I'm really enjoying the opportunity to kind of bring a new philosophy to what we're trying to do here.
0: Well, we want to thank you for all your service to the state over the years and your continued service to the state, and thank you for coming and joining with us, and do come back soon.
4: I love your show. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Our very special guest today has been Cam Ward, director of the Alabama Pardons and Grow. We'll be right back.
1: You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This. Distracted driving will kill you. Drive Safe Alabama, a message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. If you've been working, you've already proven yourself in ways you may not even notice. Managing your time, communicating effectively, and working as part of a team are key skills that employers value. At alabamaworks.com, you can find out how to build on your experience to up your game and get the job you really want because it's out there. Start your new success story at alabamaworks.com. Sponsored by Alabama Works, the Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station.
0: Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Well, Susan, uh, this, this, this past week, Governor Ivey had a successful time in getting her prison legislation through. Uh, the state is now prepared to build two new men's prisons and spend $1.2 billion doing so. Governor Kay Ivey deserves a lot of credit Mm -hmm. for doing what her predecessors would not do, and that is start to work on the prison crisis here in Alabama.
3: And it is a crisis now. It's going to cost 1.2 billion. 800 million of it is a bond. And they're taking 400 million from the COVID relief money to be able to, to cover the construction costs.
0: And Josh, while I agree with building new prisons, uh, the COVID relief money was quite a controversy. I mean, we, the, the session started off, the special session started off with the Democrats in Washington, D.C. asking the Treasury Secretary Yellen to stop Alabama from using that money.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got one of the highest rates of uh, COVID deaths in the nation. We've uh, got one of the highest poverty rates in the nation. We have small businesses that have been closing left and right throughout this thing. Uh, it seems as though we might could have had a better use of 400 million dollars of COVID relief money uh, from the American Rescue Plan than to spend it on a prison. Uh, you know, and it just you know the whole the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I, I understand that we had a problem, and I don't disagree necessarily with building new prisons. Uh, you know, I disagree with the fact that building new prisons uh, see, is probably going to be the only step that we take to solve the many issues because we're going to spend 1.2 billion dollars, and there's going to be no appetite to do anything else. But you know, here we are.
0: And Susan, that's the thing that you and I talked about and Josh and I have talked about, is that I, I think and I have a sense that this is going to be like a one and done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That This is going to be, <clears throat> well, we just built two new men's prisons. If you do the math, this is phase one, right? By the time you get to phase two, uh, you know, Andy Lou, Josh's girl, is going to be in junior high, you know, I mean, that's, it or middle school at least. I mean, so it's crazy, right?
3: Right, and let's not get the impression here that we're increasing capacity. We're not increasing capacity no. here. We're just simply putting another band aid on it. They're going to have to have the reform bills to get in here and do some work about who we put in and who we let out.
0: But they're not, Josh. Reform. They're not. The big reform measure went down in flames. I mean, it. It. it they. The Democrats were steamrolled. The 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 Republicans that would understand the prison issue were steamrolled. I mean, they, they they were they were just flattened. And and yeah, it's, the
2: it's, it's yeah, prison reformers. Is-
0: yeah, the Go prison ahead. reform, and it wasn't even reform. It was
2: it was the reform part had already passed. Uh, it was simply making that reform retroactive to the people who were, are currently in prison, and which yeah. seems fair, uh, but it also kills off that free labor that they've got from prisoners. Um, and you know, listen, it's a it it, the chris england said it best we have we we've been given a list of issues by the trump doj in our prisons all right we've been given a list of issues in our prisons and this action that we've taken solves none of them
0: doesn't solve a single thing doesn't address (laughs) a single issue that we're being sued for currently and that's what i wonder susan is the department of justice uh, merrick garland under the biden administration going to sit on its hands and say Well, they're building some new prisons. I mean, that's cool.
3: No, I don't think so. With all the mental health issues that we've got in there, I don't uh, know.
0: And and abuse, rape, torture, I mean, and and drugs. drugs? I mean, how did they figure out that the drugs got through 18 months into a pandemic? They're still flooded with drugs.
3: There's no visitation. Right. There's no outside people coming in. The only outside people coming in are the people that work there.
0: Right, right. Well, I, I, I think there is a special session. Uh, going to have to come back with another special to address the spending of the money from the American Rescue Act. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're hearing from uh, the Hospital Association, Medical Association, anybody in health uh, care is saying, "Where is the relief money for health care?" And I, I, my my understanding is the Ivy administration is preparing. To, to provide a bunch of money. But Josh, that is a huge issue. People have died, people are dying. Rural hospitals are almost non-existent. We have to do something about healthcare in this state for the good of the state.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, this has been an ongoing issue even before the pandemic, we were in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you look at our, our our amount of doctors per capita here, we're we ranking the bottom 10. and. Um, and it's because we've had so many rural hospitals closed you know they talk about uh, in mississippi that eight hospitals have closed there in the last 10 or 15 years well we've had 12 uh yeah. you know close and and you know, there are some people who right now today would would drive more than an hour for an emergency situation uh you know that's we're we're in, you know it's 2021 and yeah. uh the idea that we can do all of these things over here that we can spend 1.2 billion dollars to build prisons and we still can't address our health care issue mm-hmm. when there is a solution that has been on the table for going on a decade now. I've never heard of that. A very
0: affordable is that- solution. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Was, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe no one else says here in Alabama. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, expanding uh, Medicaid under the Affordable Care Act uh, is something for another day because right now <clears throat> we can't get beyond the politics that it's still Obamacare. You know, even though we're a decade, and it's very popular in the United States, and very popular with people. Well, that's my we not popular situation
2: here. when people would, would vote against saving their own lives because it's got a bad name.
0: Well, you know, I don't find that un, uh, uh, unusual, having seen people decide to get COVID rather than to get a shot, you know, that takes like two seconds to get. Uh, speaking of COVID, uh, that, the numbers are down, Susan, in hospitalization, but there's still plenty of people dying.
3: There are. I mean, we're down to where we've got a surplus of 13 uh, ICU beds now, which is just kind of ridiculous yeah. if you call that down. Uh, we've dropped around uh, 33% in statewide use of beds. So that's... that's. We were at 50% at one point, which that's good. But these are small numbers still. I mean, by the drop. And,
0: and, Josh, we are still... Seeing the unvaccinated get sick, 97% of the people in hospitals are unvaccinated and they're not making any moves. It looks like we plateaued out on vaccinations.
2: Yeah, it seems like that we've we plateaued out, and hopefully we've plateaued out on on some of the more serious illnesses out of the thing as well, and maybe we can start to drop off some, just because you know that Delta variant spread so rapidly, which was kind of the prediction. Of, you know, we talked to Michael, Dr. Michael Sag from UAB, uh, several weeks back, and and that's basically what he said was, you know, we're gonna, it's gonna spread rapidly and cause a lot of problems, and then and then it should
0: plateau out pretty quickly. All right, we're gonna have to leave it right there before we go. Former State Senator Jim Pruitt passed away recently. He will be missed.